Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's, that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in-house in the Central Division. That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. Welcome into another winning edition of Sox on Tap. I am Tony Marchese. I am joined once again by the infamous Southside Clown Show at NWI. Steve, he's here with me once again. We're back to talk about another White Sox winner. You can follow Steve at NWI underscore Steve. Follow myself at Tony on Tap. Follow the show at SoxOnTap on Twitter.com. Follow our parent website at OnTapSportsNet, OnTapSportsNet.com. That's where you can go read where we write about things. Steve, the White Sox just shut out the Los Angeles Dodgers. I brought the sunglasses back. You're back in the headband. It, it was It was a great day. To be a White Sox fan, Steve, how are you feeling, my friend? I'm going to sip on this victory beer and let you do some talking. Hey, yo, Anthony. I'm feeling real good. I got three words. Michael fucking Kopech. That's it right there. He went out there tonight against one of, if not arguably, the best offense in the game of baseball right now. Dropped his nuts on the table and said, here they are. What you going to do? And you know what? They didn't do a fucking thing about it. They he didn't. went out there and he absolutely shoved. He said, here comes my fastball. I'm going to take it. I'm going to shove it up your ass and you can't do a damn thing about it. And you know what? They didn't. Hey, Steve, I remember an earlier point in this season where you were sitting here talking about the importance of throwing strikes. That's what Michael Kopech did today. He threw strikes. He looked cool and tough out there. We had this debate in my garage earlier on in the year. What's your favorite pitch? I said it's that high fuck you fastball. I love seeing it. Michael Kopech just does it so damn well. He had that working for him tonight. He had his his secondary stuff working tonight. He just looked like a baseball player out there. I wish I could have seen more Michael Kopech pitch it, like just pitching tonight. Like I, I wanted to see Michael Kopech go nine innings because he looked absolutely fucking unhittable. I'm jacked watching that kind of performance. Obviously, Steve, if I'm going to give my first impression, I wish the White Sox gave him a little bit of offense early because I think he would have relaxed up a little bit out there and been able to go farther in the ballgame. But overall, this might be the first time I'm having fun on this show all year, Steve. Like, really? Like, having fun? Since opening weekend. Since since opening, went out there and dick slapped Detroit on that Sunday. I'm having a lot of fun with this show. Like, we're just rolling in here some raw emotion. Steve, Michael Kopech goes six innings, only gives up one, one hit. One hit all night. Strikes out eight. He's now at a 1.94 ERA. This is the type of shit that you want to see from a guy acquired for Chris. Like this is 
against the Los Angeles Dodgers. I know they're going through some struggles right now. I know they're not the hottest team in baseball, but that's a damn good offense that you just ripped yourself through if you're Michael fucking Kopech tonight. And that's that. I think that's how he should be referred to for the rest of his existence. Steve, this was cool and tough shit. This right here was example number one as to why this fan base has been so excited and had so much anticipation for Michael Kopech and the belief in what this guy can be as far as cementing himself as the anchor at the top of a rotation. The stuff you saw tonight, this is stuff that plays in October when the big boys are on the big stage. We talk all the time on this show about needing to have an ace. Need to have a guy that when the moment gets real big, goes out there and again, just decides I'm going to shove tonight and you can't do anything about it. He did that a couple weeks ago on Sunday night in front of the whole baseball world in Yankee Stadium. And he did it again tonight at home against the Los Angeles Dodgers. That's two separate occasions right now here where he's gone out there against high caliber marquee opponents and laid his nuts on the table and they didn't do a fucking thing to him. This is what this guy is capable of doing. This is why we've been talking and saying Michael Kopech can be an ace. And he showed it. You know, Steve, if, if we're going to go back to, you know, how we felt in 2018, 2019, Michael Kopech was the guy that I wanted to be the ace of this staff. You think about the, the trials and tribulations of Lucas Chilito. He arrived a little bit sooner. Reynaldo Lopez was in this discussion at one point of a guy who could be an anchor in this rotation. I don't think he had number one type stuff, but it was always like that question. Who's going to be your number one guy? Alec Hansen was on that list as well, if you remember correctly. Have to drop his Oh, name. I remember. I mean, you have to think about this. Michael Kopech, in my opinion, was that guy that I wanted at the at the front. If, if we're going back a little bit, when he does this type of stuff, when he shows up in these types of performances, everything that this guy's been through, everything that this guy's been through to work his way back up to this, because there was a point, and I'll call Johnny out on this, where he didn't think that Michael Kopech was ever going to pitch another game in a White Sox uniform. Here we are right now, Michael Kopech just showing you how good he can be Man, I'm jacked when you're talking about this. I've got goosebumps on my arm, Steve. You're talking about a guy that can go out there in October and lay a start down that he's going to be untouchable against an offense like L.A. at home. And can you imagine a blackout crowd, Michael Kopech on the mound, thunderstruck plays. You go out there and Michael Kopech lays down six, seven innings of shutout fuck you baseball with that, with just that electric stuff. That's but, what that's what we were promised. Steve. Anthony, you're I, you're I'm, getting I'm, you're getting blood flowing to some different regions for me right I'm, now here. Yeah, I'm, about I'm this. jacked on this. I'm jacked up. This is this is what I've wanted to see. I want the offense to show up a little bit earlier, but holy shit, man, this is why I haven't written this team off yet, Steve. This is why I still believe in it. I still think that they can do something here. Maybe it's a little bit early. I might eat my words. Shit can happen, but 
you see the team play a game like tonight after you're coming off a two out of three in Tampa. This is the best I've felt in a while. And I, I, I want to run my mouth as a White Sox fan right now because you just saw the guys show up and do their fucking jobs the way that you've always wanted them to. This was the, again, most complete baseball game that this team has played since that first Sunday of the season in Detroit. So it's been about two months now since we've seen a performance like this. You know, we can talk about the offensive struggles first time through the order, 12 up, 12 down to kind of get things going. The bases loaded situation um, with with Reese McGuire and Josh Harrison in, in the fifth inning. We can talk and we can lament about that. We've done enough of that already this year. The fact is they played a good, clean, crisp baseball game here today they played solid defense and as the immortal hawk harrison would always say with pitching being the first line of defense everyone knows i come on this show because i want to talk pitching i want to talk dominant starting pitching that's what gets my nads pumping that's what it's all about right there we saw it tonight and again i'm jacked to the moon right now i'm here because this tonight michael kopech that's the stuff that i'm talking about and you, something I want to circle back to here. You were talking about a lot of people writing off Michael Kopech. And I was someone that I had questions about Michael Kopech and the fact that he went two and a half years without throwing a competitive pitch going into the season last year. So I had some concerns about him. He equated himself very nicely, pitching out of the bullpen, making a couple of spot starts here and there. This transition to the starting rotation this year has gone very well, if we're going to be completely honest with ourselves here. Yes, he had the hiccup in Toronto, his last outing. But the fact of the matter is he was coming off a 10-day layoff. And for a starting pitcher, pitching is so much about feel. Okay? So when you're talking about 10 days in between outings, you can't simulate the adrenaline that is needed to get out hitters at any level, let alone at the major league level. So whether you're doing bullpens, whether you're doing simulated games against guys on, on the squad, it's not the same. So when you have that long layoff like that, it's typically only going to go one of two ways. Either you're going to go out there, you're going to be completely refreshed, everything's going to be crisp, similar to what we saw in that start against the Yankees because he had a long layoff there. Or you're going to go out there, you're going to have no feel, particularly for your secondary offerings, and you're going to get hurt. That's what happened against the Toronto Blue Jays. So today, here, normal rest pattern. You know, I th actually, actually, no, you know what? He had he had a sixth day here. So he goes out, everything is fluid, everything is crisp. He's getting ahead of guys with consistency, utilizing that high spin fastball, elevated at the top of the strike zone, dotting guys. He made Mookie Betts look bad on a couple of occasions here tonight. Okay. That takes a lot. So yeah, when this when, when you're striking out guys like Mookie Betts and making them look just lost at the plate and, and maybe Mookie's not playing the best baseball right now, Steve. Oh no, that's, he has been. I know. Right. But like, that's the thing. It doesn't matter if you like when you, when you put yourself up against Mike Trout, even in a, a what was he like? Oh, for 24 span. Actually, I saw something that uh, Mike Trout just left uh, a baseball game tonight with some right groin soreness, right groin soreness. Stop me. If you've heard something uh, of that ilk before, like, we, I just want to take a step back, and when we look at that and put it in perspective, Steve, you've got the Los Angeles 
Angels of Anaheim, wherever they're California, from. California, California time zone. Like that team's struggling right now. They started the year out hot. They started the year out real hot. We ran into them earlier this year. Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, big name ball players, the things that we wish for all the time. You want your big name guy. Michael Kopak went out there tonight against the Dodgers that give the Angels fits for years. I mean, like there's rivalry there. Put some things in perspective here. Michael Kopeck was a big name tonight. He's not going to get the national recognition that he deserves for, for what he did because he simply plays for the White Sox. And we know how this story goes, Steve. But you had a you had a big name out there go do something tonight for the White Sox. And I I just feel like we should we should be jacked about it. We should be proud of that. And I, man I, I really honestly haven't been this happy all year because Again, you went out and you did, you did something. He went out there and he has dropped his nuts on the New York Yankees, the team with the best record in baseball, who by the way, went up to Minnesota the, earlier tonight, put a drubbing on the twins. So now all of a sudden the Sox are only two back in the loss column here. So look out. We've, We've seen Ed Nauseam. We've seen the tweets talking about the schedule here, how it's going to lighten up. So Kopech goes out there, does it. And this game was actually broadcast also on TBS nationally tonight. Yeah. So now you've got two national occasions for Kopech to go out there against the Yankees and the Dodgers, the two preeminent franchises in the sport. So I think we're at the point now where Michael Kopech is going to start garnering a little bit more attention here nationally. Well, and hey, I mean, this is this is what you want to see from from this kid because you start lining these things up. I don't know why it feels that way, but nationally televised games, Steve. If you're a player, I, I don't know if this is true. I'd love to get the opportunity to ask like Jake Berger or somebody if he ever comes back on. Like you mean Jake Trojan? Jake Trojan. Socks on tap investigates. If you've not seen our special segment, go back and check out our Sunday fun day where we investigate if my season ticket holder partner, Jake Trojan is actually really Jake Berger. Uh, that was excellent stuff. Uh, but Steve, I, I love the opportunity to just ask one of these guys, like you look at the schedule too. You know that this is on prime time. You know that the, the, the nation's tuning into this. It's it's got to relate somewhere to playoff baseball, you know, like games that are just on the national stage. The Sox have done fairly well in these things this year, which is which is kind of wild, and it dates back a little bit to last year as well, too. Steve, you can add the Field of Dreams game that you and I attended to that. Um, you know, maybe some of these guys just do get up on the national stage. I don't want to foreshadow too much because. You can add the playoff record over the last two years into this conversation, and somebody's got a fine argument to say, well, it, you got to show up when it matters there too. But Michael Kopech wasn't starting any of those games. You're I think he's your, right. I, I think he could be your guy because his his attitude, him, man, if you have Michael Kopech going, you get Lance Lynn back, he's fired up. You've got to fuck you guys before you get to anybody else in this rotation. And I'm just sitting here right now. You throw Dylan Cease in game three. I know this is way too early to talk about, but Kopech, Lynn, 
sees Lucas Giolito your four guy. It's going to be really interesting now to kind of see what they do to manage Michael Kopech's innings the rest of the year. We've talked a lot about what that innings limitation is going to be. None of us really know the answer to that. But it doesn't sound like Kopech wants one. He might not want one, and this could very well, you know, kind of turn into a Steven Strasburg situation from 10 years Mm -hmm. ago with, with the Nationals. It's entirely possible that that is the case. We've seen him space out a couple of his recent starts, and I think they're going to continue to do that. There's almost part of me that's wondering, so he's lined up to pitch this Sunday against the Texas Rangers. I will be at the ballpark at 35th and Shields to watch that. You you fast forward then, they've got an off day that following Thursday. Is it possible that maybe, just maybe, they space him out, give him another day's rest, a full week's rest, that following Sunday on Father's Day, ESPN, Sunday Night Baseball, Houston Astros. I mean, I, I'm I'm really curious to see. Does he still line up? You he would still line up against the Astros. I mean, he's got another yeah. test coming up here soon. And that's what I want to see. Like, I'm getting jacked up thinking about Kopech going up against the Astros because you've seen this guy just be a good ball team killer. And that's the kind of shit that you want to see from your ace. Um Steve, if he's pitching Sunday night baseball. Against the Houston Astros, that's a that's a must watch TV. He he like and that's the guy that I want to see in that spot. Like if I'm looking ahead down the road, I am buying what you're selling right now because, I mean maybe outside of Dylan Cease, maybe you got a Lance Lynn return in there because we got to look at this. We got to look and see like is Lance Lynn gonna line up? How does he? I know he, he went as of, as of right now. No, he's supposed to go tomorrow. Tomorrow. So as it stands right now, if I was a betting man, which everyone knows I'm, I'm Mr. Big Better guy, um, I would say that there's, a, there's a decent chance that Lance Lynn toes the rubber in the nation's butthole of Detroit, Michigan next Tuesday against the Motor City Kitties, which would actually not line him up then again, due to the off day to pitch against the Astros. And I actually think that that's a good strategy. We, we saw what happened to Lance Lynn in game one of the ALDS last year against the Astros. We saw the struggles that he's had with them because look, that is a very good fastball hitting team. So that would create an interesting dichotomy with Michael Kopech, given that he is a high fastball reliance pitcher. Is he going to alter some of his, you know, sequencing to utilize the slider more frequently. We only saw him drop in four curveballs today, maybe mix in those a little bit more. So that's going to be kind of power against power. And we'll see, you know, he's going to pitch either Saturday or Sunday of that series. So this is going to be a really interesting test to kind of see where he's at. And I'm I'm pretty psyched up to see that. Now, obviously, like I said, he's going to have another outing against the Texas Rangers here this Sunday afternoon at the ballpark at 35th and Shields. So go out there, do this again. I just love to see it. We've spent 20 minutes talking about Michael Kopech, Steve. We've we've basically spent justifiably talking about Michael Kopech, and it's been it's been awesome. But I do want to get into the White Sox offense, how they win this ball game. You see some early struggles against a guy that just comes off the street. You're sitting there thinking if you you know you're getting to the fourth, fifth inning of this ball game, Steve. And it's more of the same. 
more of the same, more of the same. Meanwhile, Kopech's out there fucking cruising, and you're just waiting for this offense to pick it up. I, I saw a lot of negativity on the timeline again. You're just watching this game. You're like, are they ever going to score a fucking run? You get to the point where you get the bases loaded. It's Reese McGuire, Josh Harrison. Those guys come up, and, I mean, fuck. Reese McGuire takes one right down the middle of the fucking plate. Uh, doesn't swing. He's out. Harrison does nothing. You wrote an article the other day that, you know, they need to part ways with him. We can get into that later. Uh, it, like the, the feeling there is like the all time low. Like you've got your, you've got your fucking bulldog out there cruising in this ball game. And then finally the offense just breaks through. And it's the, in the exact way that you would want the White Sox offense to get the job done outside of, you know, just hitting fucking baseballs into the stands on every pitch. I, I don't know why they haven't tried that approach, Steve, but walk I, I me, like that approach. Yeah. Walk, walk me through how the White Sox offense got this one done today, Steven. Well, you know, look, you go back in, in that, uh, that seventh inning there, Danny Mendick, we talked about him extensively on the Sunday Funday episode, led the, led the inning off with a single, um, you know, Andrew Vaughn, the fly out to center field, Luis Roberts, right field. So you're in a spot, you got to run around first base and two outs. You're thinking, okay, we're just going to waste another opportunity here. Jose Abreu, all reliable comes up there, shoots a ball into the hole on the right side, right there. Danny Mendick running on the pitch with two outs gets to third right away. So you you're in a spot first and third, two outs. Dave Roberts decides. What was hey, your level of confidence right here? You know, I think in that particular moment here, once I saw that Dave Roberts was going to go ahead and pull Phil Bickford, and when he brought in David Price, the only thing that I was concerned about was, is he going to leave in your baby boy Gavin Sheets for this at bat? That was the only thing that I that went through my mind. But then when it was announced that AJ Pollock was coming up, I was like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to go about this the right way. And then the AJ Pollock revenge game against the team that traded him this winter to the White Sox comes through with a big hit in the clutch. Pito had that motor running right out of the chute there, taken off on contact. And then Mookie Betts uncharacteristically made a pretty poor relay throw. Uh, Gavin Lux lost his footing, uh, trying to make the transfer and trying to, turn that uh, ball to home plate to try to get a Brayu. So they get that second run right there, which was huge, you know, being able to put a crooked number on the board and then, Oh, guess who comes through next? Mr. Jake Berger doing, mm -hmm. doing what he's been doing. Rips a double down the third baseline, scores another run. Yoan Mankata draws a walk. And then Reese McGuire, you know, this is a guy he's actually had a couple of, he's he's been swinging the bat okay the last i would say 10 to 10 to 12 days or so you know pulled his hands in there and just shot that one through to uh, you know over the shortstop's head just doing doing a Reese McGuire kind of thing and you just you know again just you, you enjoy seeing him just just pull his hands in there and just shoot one out there steve like i feel like this might have been the first case all season of, you know, me just going out and trying to rip a guy after that bases loaded situation with Reese McGuire. I got a little vocal on Twitter and then all of a sudden the next at bat, I got to eat my words. 
I love seeing that happen. I just love seeing that happen. I'm, 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 I've been slacking on this. I think we need to do that. Uh, I want to go back to another point too. Uh, my baby boy, Gavin Sheets, uh, in that situation right there. But I'm gonna. I'm, first off, I'm gonna give TLR some credit. This was the right time to pull AJ Pollock into this ball game. I know you're trying to get Gavin Sheets going right now, Tony, but uh, it's 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 been rough to watch. And and sometimes, Steve, when you're family, you need to give a little bit of tough love. Uh, I don't know if you've you've ever felt that before, but sometimes tough love needs to be given. You know, we're discussing what happens when Eloy comes back. I know there's options on the table. We were talking a little bit about what do you do with Jake Berger? Does Danny Mendick deserve some some extra time here once uh, once TA comes back? And you know I, I'm in the same I'm at the same level, man. There, there's one odd guy out right now, and that's Gavin Sheets. And so there's only one thing that you need to you know make this happen here to make it really hard to be hashtag cinematic, as Johnny would say. And that's like Gavin Sheets starts to go on a tear right before Tim Anderson comes back. That's what I'm going to try and manifest. Uh, we've got a really interesting comment that, that just came in from Stockside Mike. We're going to get to that in just a second here. But, you know, it, it's it's just – that's what I want to see. If, if, if I'm going to try and reach out to my family member, the baby boy Gavin Sheets, you're going to have to do something now, kid, because – the White Sox are, are are starting to turn things around, and if you're not going to be part of it, you're going to be in Charlotte, and and that's just that's just the end end state of this, Steve. I don't know what else to say. I want more fireworks. I feel let down. I feel very let down right now. I need more fireworks from Gavin Sheets because he's public enemy number one. It feels like on the timeline. I don't like seeing. Oh that. no, he's not. No, no. What do you mean no. he's not? I see. I, I, I mean, maybe. Did Yohan Moncada die? Did you? People aren't all over Yohan Moncada <sighs> every single day. There's more people who support Yohan Moncada than are people who will go out there and try and attack Yohan Moncada. That's how I feel. That's how I see it. Maybe my timeline's different than yours. There's a very vocal. Are you talking about Kenwo? Because like that's it's, it. That's it's not it. just. It's not just Kenneth. I mean, you know, I'm, gonna get, kinda, I'm getting Kenneth on this show. We're going to have a, a, a Monday night. What is it? What, for uh, Smackdown? I'm going to promote no, it. I'm no, fri- get... Smackdown's Friday night. Mon- Friday, Monday night. Kenny Mon- told me he wants to come out on a Monday. What's Monday? Is that Raw? I'm, well, that's Monday. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Monday night Raw. We're going to do Monday. a Monday night Raw with Kenwo on this show, Steve. I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> I'm going dr- to dress I'm up. I'm so like, scared. Uh, like Bruce Buffer, and I'm just going to call And now, in the red corner, NWI Steve. I can't wait for that show. It's going to be fantastic. But who, who else is going after Moncada? There's there's plenty of people that are that are going after Yoan. And I think it was appropriate to see him dropped in the order here today, down to the number seven spot. Listen, we're at a point. It's a production-based situation here. This team dug themselves a hole, so when it comes to playing time, position in the order, it's about production. That's it. I, I don't I don't care at this point. Um, I've obviously been a supporter of Yoan Mankata, but I've also been someone that has not been unwilling to criticize him when it has been warranted, and he has been atrocious since that first week that he's been back. Whether that 
are some lingering injury issues or not. I don't know. I've also taken him to task at various points for his lack of aggressiveness offensively from an approach standpoint, but he's got to get the job done. And so if that means he's got to drop down to the number seven spot in the order to, I don't know, relax or, or whatever it is to just get himself going, that's what has to happen at this point. But there are plenty of people that on a day in and day out basis um, go, go after him. So it, it's not just a Kenneth situation. So Steve, the one thing, and I'll just, I'll just hash this out real quickly. You get Yohan Mankata up in 2018, right? And, you know, you got the walk, you've got all the, the precedents, you've got, you've got this guy's the face, everything kind of struggles through that year a little bit. In 2019, and this is just how I, I've read the situation. 2019, Eloy Jimenez shows up to the Chicago White Sox and becomes the next latest and greatest thing. Steals the show, so to speak. And, and, and you had the Michael Kopech get like you had other guys kind of come in and take that spotlight, so to speak. While Yohan Moncada, this is what perplexes me. Yohan Moncada is the guy that wants to be in the music videos. He wants to be seen as the number one guy. I, I, I'm not trying to, and this isn't this isn't wrong. He wants to hang out the, at the Hooters in Maryville, Indiana. Right. He, he wants to be that dude, right? Like, he wants to be that dude. But at the same time, I feel like Yohan Moncada performs better, and it's better for the White Sox when Yohan Moncada isn't in the spotlight, he's not the guy that's relied on, so to speak, or has all the attention on him. So to his benefit, I think from a White Sox standpoint, you got a bunch of guys who are going to, are going to have that Jose Abreu, Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert. There's enough personality there for him, but I feel like when the focus is on Yohan Moncada, Yon Moncada is not performing. I think that's. A I fair don't know point. what it is. Is this a guy who's in his head? Is he is he looking at Twitter every single day and and being like everybody? Like some people have that. He's much more of an Instagram guy. He could be on Instagram. I'm not an Instagram guy. If he's an Instagram, guy, I can hashtag confirm what's, that. What's from... what's what's like the response to Yon Moncada on Instagram? I'm, I'm no, 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 no. I'm, I'm I'm not so much talking about response to him on you but i i know some things well steve i mean this is this is why we're here if if it's if it's not able to be shared uh that's fine but I, i'm just curious why yohan Moncada performs in spots where he's not the number one guy in the baseball field you could take the off the field stuff and and, and separate it here for a second i think it i think it really circles back to what we talked about on our episode Sunday. And when I talked about the parallels with Michael Jordan and the comparison with LeBron James, I think this is something that holds true with Yohan Moncada. Some guys just don't have that TWTW for lack of a better term. Some guys don't have that killer instinct that when the moment is brightest, that they're not their most impactful. It's just something See that what we just for, talked for, about with Michael Kopech for reference. Yeah. Exactly. And some guys, some guys just have it and some guys just don't. And that's just, 
baseball has been like that for a long time. I mean, up until he got on on steroids and and anything else that Balco was producing and his head doubled in size, Barry Bonds was the same way. You know, a lot of people don't remember 1991, 1992, when I think he was like two for 24 in back-to-back NLCSs against the Braves. And when he was one of the leading culprits of a Giants team blowing an 11-game lead in August to the Braves that season. So these things just happen. So some guys just don't have that innate ability that when the moment is biggest, that they don't perform at the highest level. So Steve just advocated for Yohan Moncada spending the offseason with Jose Canseco. That's what I heard right there. Those two will get along just fine. Um, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, I mean, that, maybe that's what we need. Robinson Cano. I mean, like, let's let's go just down, get, let's go down this rabbit hole here, Steve. Just don't get caught. Yohan Moncada names his kid after Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano's been popped a few times. I, I just I want to see the aggression from Yohan Moncada. I want the walk-offs against the Houston Astros that we saw earlier on. I, I, th- that's what I want. I'm not advocating for Yohan Moncada to actually take steroids or do any of that stuff, full disclaimer. But on the same note, Steve, we want the killer attitude. I just think that it's it's interesting to me that the guy has performed better when he's not in the spotlight for somebody that I feel just looking at him. He, he seems to thrive in the spotlight in other areas of his life. Interesting analysis. It's a socks on tap investigate situation, Steve. I mean, I've got some sources in the field, so we can we can discuss that offline. <laughs> As they well, say, I've got some updates, Steve, in the investigation that we had on Sunday. So I'm unable to attend my Friday game because I have coaching responsibilities. So I will not be there with Jake. And I also got a text from him today that said he will not be there for the June 22nd game. How convenient. For. So how convenient. The storyline's playing out. The drama builds, as they say in the business. As you told me, Skynet is self-aware. Mm-hmm. There's reasons these things line up. Big Trojans out there hitting home runs for the White Sox and getting the job done. That's a conspiracy theory here at Sox on Tap. It's tinfoil, tinfoil hat, hat time. Yeah, it's tinfoil hat time. It's tinfoil hat Tuesday, Steve. God bless America. Yes, it is. Sox win today. It's so great to say it on this show. It feels great to say it live. And it and it wasn't a tense, ugly win. No, you it actually, wasn't. Yeah, we're actually going to go to bed. It was for a little bit. It was for a little bit. But, <sighs> but I mean, we're actually going to go to bed feeling good about this win. When was the last time we got to do that? I mean, this is this is fantastic. Sockside Mike, as I said just a little bit ago. Had uh, had a nice comment that we wanted to get to. Tony's glasses won this game. I haven't changed out of this shirt, Steve, since this winning streak started. I mean, I've showered. I put it back on. But sometimes you've got to do crazy things to make this work. I was wearing this when uh, Carlos Rodon threw a no-hitter. I was wearing this when uh, Lucas Giolito threw a, threw a no-hitter. I dug this thing out of the closet. I mean, it's an older shirt. But, hey, man. I'm going to ride this. I'm going to ride the glasses. The glasses brought the wins over the weekend. 
might have to just keep the glasses on, keep it fun, keep it, keep it going here. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to add on to that point there, Anthony. The immortal Crash Davis once famously said, "In what is the defining cinematic baseball movie of all time? It's not Field of Dreams. It's not any of these other ones. The answer is Bull Durham. Never fuck with a winning streak. You don't." You don't fuck with the winning streak. Steve, you and I need to do a show next offseason where we debate just baseball movies. I think that will be absolutely electric. I'm not fucking with the winning streak. The glasses are going to be on pretty much for the rest of the season. It's really hard to see what's going on because, I don't know, you got all these stars here, and I take these things off as soon as we get off the air. But um, I'm dedicated. I'll, I'll just – you know, half be able to see what we're doing right here. If it means the White Sox are winning, I'm, I'm, I'm dedicated to this. Steve, what have you been doing over the past few days? That's different than what you were doing for the beginning part of the season. You got a superstition. on. You know, honestly, no, nothing really comes to mind. If I'm being totally honest with you, this morning was kind of um, a disaster from, from go immediately once i got out of bed but a lot of, and a lot of things just really went wrong today but in the end i got to watch a good clean crisp white Sox winner so the day ended on a great fucking note so i don't know if look if i have to have my protein shake explode every morning now if it's going to guarantee a white Sox winning streak then whatever if that's what we got to do that's what we got to do Don't fuck with the winning streak. Uh, Sockside Mike had commented it was up on the screen just a minute ago. He's wearing the same hat. Whatever you guys are doing out there as White Sox fans, please continue to keep doing that so we can keep winning ball games. And Besnick can write about Sox winners. We can talk about them. Victory beers taste better. How much is Besnick's mental health improved yeah. the last three days? It's just it's just great. And if you want to read Besnick's White Sox game recaps, head on over to ontapsportsnet.com. He's got them there for you. We've got all the White Sox news up on the website. Steve, it's just about time to close this thing down. What do we got on tap for the White Sox tomorrow? Well, John Cueto taking the mound tomorrow against Tony Gonsolin. This is going to be a, a tough one. Gonsolin's really been throwing the ball well for the Dodgers, coming in with a sub-2 ERA and pounding the strike zone early. Johnny Cueto is no stranger to the Los Angeles Dodgers. So this thing can really go one of two ways here. And I think there's, I think there's really only two ways it can potentially go at the end of the day. They know and have a good idea as far as what he is going to try to do to attack them and to try to exploit their weaknesses. And at the same time, he has an understanding of most of these guys in the, in this lineup from his time spent with the San Francisco giants and he's going to have an idea as far as what he wants to do from a game plan standpoint. So ultimately, to sound cliche as hell here, it's going to come down to who executes ultimately. So this could be a scenario where Cueto could go out there, give you six innings of two-run ball, keep you in the game, or it could be a very short-lived performance. There's really no way to know which one is going to happen here. Um, forecast looks a little interesting for tomorrow. We got a lot of rain in the forecast, so ball might not necessarily be jumping tomorrow at 35th and Shields. Could be a low scoring affair. 
potentially. So we might need to get the weather guy back. Yeah, where has the weather guy been? I've heard he was in witness protection. I'm trying to get him back on a contract here, Steve. I, you know, t- Tony Twista, you know, he he would provide some great, great uh, pregame forecast that I think would really hashtag set the tone in a lot of circumstances here. I think Maybe. so too. I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out to Tony Twista, socks on tap weather correspondent. After we get off here, I think that might be one of the problems too. Why we haven't had some long winning streaks? So we'll see if we can get him back on the show. I, I know he's been going through some rough times. Yeah, we we just we got to find out if there's a window to get this ball game in tomorrow. That's that's going to be key. And listen, tomorrow night, big night, Polish Heritage Night at the ballpark. So I'm going to be in attendance there. Um, you know, let's let's go ahead, let's get another dub here. I like it, Steve. I, I've I've I picked up Johnny Cueto for my fantasy team. I'm hoping that he can you know go out there set the tone. I mean, a Tony Twista video tomorrow might be electric. Well, we'll see if we'll, we'll see if we can get it. Who knows? It's it's going to be a rough day. We'll see if we can get him into O'Hare and, and and brought into the city so we can get like an accurate reading of the clouds. Um, but Steve, I, I'm I'm just looking ahead to this pick to click. AJ Pollock is is my guy. I'm going with tomorrow. Oh, you stole the thunder there, Anthony. You stole my thunder. How dare hey, you? Hey, sometimes great minds think alike. Um, you know what? I'm going to double down. Let's do it. That's normally against the rules, but let's do it. Hey, you know what? You make the rules, we break them. There we go. I like it. We're both going AJ Pollock tomorrow, Steve. I think he's going to do some more damage. It, it's it's the AJ. AJ Pollock it's guy. the AJ Pollock revenge series. It is, and I think that that's just going to be so cinematic. Sox win, shut out the Dodgers tonight. Steve and I broke down for you. If you want more, head on over to ontapsportsnet.com. Our guy Besnick's going to have the recap. You can follow him at Sox Insane. You can follow myself at Tony Untap. Follow Steve at NWI underscore Steve. You can follow the show at Sox Untap. It's good to talk about wins. I feel refreshed. I feel like this was one of the most fun times I've had talking with you. Thank you. It was you therapeutic. All. It was therapeutic. Thank you to all that showed up and dropped in some comments. We'll try and get to more of you guys as the season goes on. Victory beers just taste better, Steve. As you said, this was therapeutic. We're going to close this down how we always do with a White Sox forever. White Sox for life.